Hi, my name is Dr. Joe Braid and I am the Burnout Recovery Doctor. I help healthcare professionals overcome burnout and get their energy back. So whether you're a med student, allied health professional, or a doctor who is suffering from feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you will get your energy back through strategies for burnout recovery. This show will give you the practical tips and mindset strategies to help you recover from burnout in healthcare. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hi there, everyone. I am delighted to have Rebecca Blackburn all the way from America. Rural Kentucky. <laughs> That's it, Kentucky on the podcast today. So Rebecca and I met through a mastermind last year and we have stayed in touch and often send each other a Marco Polo, which is heaps of fun. Rebecca is a life and success coach for female entrepreneurs. And Rebecca in this session is going to um, tell us a bit more about herself and how she came into this niche of working with female entrepreneurs. Rebecca has lived through burnout and got to the other side. And she really described to me when we were talking about podcasting together, the benefits she noticed in having that experience of burnout and now how she chooses to live life. We're going to have sort of a discussion about in that individual who is almost prone to burnout. What does Rebecca do to prevent getting into burnout again? So Rebecca, I am so delighted to have you on the Burnout Recovery Podcast today. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell my audience a little bit more about yourself, please? Yes, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I love our Marco Polos. My kids love seeing my friend who lives in a whole different world. <laughs> Victoria <laughs> loves hearing your voice on Marco Polo. So thank awesome. you for having me. Uh, yeah, like you said, I am a life and success coach for female entrepreneurs. My passion is to help them get that entrepreneur energy back. Um, a lot of my clients come to me and maybe not necessarily in burnout, but definitely they've hit what I call the hustle wall where you have hustled so much. You've spread yourself so thin that eventually the hustle doesn't work anymore and you have to find different mindsets and different strategies to, to, to work and go about your life so that mm -hmm. you can create fulfilling success in your business and your life and never lose yourself again. And so, um, I love what you said, like the, the benefit, the benefits is what I call it. The, the upside to experiencing burnout. Um, so many people, they they live this mid energy level life where it's like oh, it's fine it, it's easy and we don't need to improve because nothing's wrong and to me that's fine like I I want everyone to be happy in what they're doing but when you experience burnout and you can recognize it it man it makes you like snap into gear because it's such a miserable way to feel and live you don't show up as the best um for me the best business owner the best wife the best mom it was all kind of just crumbling and it felt really horrible and um it just was there was one moment where i remember it was either figure it out or go back to the way it used to be which meant you don't grow I wasn't going to get to chase this dream of mine. And I chose to figure it out. I chose, um, I sought out life coaching and it has been nonstop since then 
you know, pushing myself to the next level, figuring out what I can, what I can get around and how I can grow. And the life that I live now is so much more intentional and focused and happy. So lots of benefits if you figure out, if you can recognize the burnout and find ways to, to um, improve what you're, what you're doing. Great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Let's, let's start with recognizing burnout because it can be so insidious for many people and it comes across and like a sort of cloud or like a haze over your life. And people often won't actually recognize it in themselves because it's a term that's bandied around, but really, um, you know, how to know you might be in burnout. What, what would you like to share about your experience of that point at which you realized the chain, the, the option to change was there for yourself or stay the same? Can you share a bit more about what you experienced? Yeah, I think that's such a great, it, it almost like brings back all, all the, all the memories of going through that because there's a lot of shame that goes with it too. That's what I think people, they, they don't want to recognize it because it, there's the shame that comes with it because I mean, especially as a physician, like you're a hard worker and you should be able to get in there with the rest of them. And, and if you, and if you're not able to, it might be considered weak. I don't know how it is in your world. I do know as an entrepreneur and I was in with, um, several male business partners. Um, so what, and, and what happened for me, just to give you my like version of the story, but I was a hairstylist for almost 20 years. It was my first career. It was my first business that I had for myself. And I, after, you know, so many years, we had, we had other businesses too, and we were opening a pet resort. And this was a place that I, you know, was super passionate about. And as we kept working on that business, I remember thinking, I've got to go open that up. Like I have to be a part of the creation, the foundation of this, this business. And we are growing it. Like at this point, it's going to be huge. Um, we have several locations already. Hmm. And it was very exciting for me. But once I got in there and realized, whoa, I don't have the bandwidth to work like I used to. I have other businesses. I have children. My husband has a full-time career and other businesses himself, mm-hmm. we were spread so thin. And I wasn't able to recognize it then that, hey, look, this is a lot. It was more like, oh my gosh, it's because I'm a woman and I can't handle this. I'm not cut out for it. So there was so much shame that I was holding inside. And people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. So uh, I re- like I had no one to talk to about it really because I didn't want others to think I was weak too, right? So you just hold it all in and that's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I remember um, trying it out one time. We were at a at a event and some other ladies were like, how is your new business going? Do you love it? And I don't know. I thought, well, I'm going to try this out. And I said, no, it's terrible. I am exhausted. <laughs> And I started to like be honest yeah. and they were like, whoa, and they just shut down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that didn't go well. Keep it yeah. back inside, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so I think that happens for a lot of people. Mm. So then I started to observe the men and the other business owners around me. And when I say the men, it was mostly because I had male business partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to observe people and noticed I wasn't alone. 
everybody's handling their stress a lot differently. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about it either. And when I started seeing men with like patches of their beards missing because they were twisting their beard or I walked into a coffee shop and I saw another um, entrepreneur sitting there and working on his business. And he looked up at me and he looked green and he says, why do we do this to our families? And I was like, oh my gosh, we are all suffering silently. And I will not continue this. And um, I think when you talk about how to recognize these signs and symptoms, mm. um, recognize how you're showing up with your family. Like, are you short fused? Are you enjoying your family? A lot of times we want to pull away from the people that we love the most Mm -hmm. because of the stress of the shame of the confusion. Like what is going on with me? Mm -hmm. Um, How are you showing up at your job? Do you feel like you are leading with curiosity and enthusiasm or are you leading from, nope, I don't want to do that. It's too much. Are you frustrated with your, your team? This this short fuse is a very clear sign that something isn't going on that, like it should be, yeah. right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think check in with yourself. I mean, and it doesn't even have to be full-blown burnout. There's plenty of times um, during my career as a hairstylist that I would just get, you know, almost frustrated, like I'm just ready for something new mm-hmm. and I would kind of get bored or, you know, just frustrated. And then I would be able to say, hold up, what's going on? And I'd get myself back into it. Okay. Right. So it, you, if you're not in complete burnout, but you're noticing that you are frustrated, you're not wanting to go into work, you're not showing up your best. That is your sign right there to like get a coach, get a, get a, um, someone that you can trust just to talk to like mm-hmm. an advisory person. Mm-hmm. Find a friend. I think talking about it is one of the biggest things that you can do. Um, just the verbal processing, right? Yes. To get it out yeah. and release it from your body. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. And that that type of person that often gets burnout is the high achiever, the type A perfectionist fixer, which is what we have in medicine. We're there to solve solutions and solve the problems so surely we can solve our own problem ourselves as well right mm-hmm. and and opening up and being vulnerable and talking to others um can be quite a big jump and not what people have done before so breaking down that stigma to to speak about it whether it's a mentor or a coach or a psychologist or a counselor for some people as well lots of different options there and national help national helplines which i think you've got in the us as we have here in australia mm-hmm. too Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I think um, having that person to talk to and then realizing, and this is something that, you know, as a coach and as a former hairstylist, I mm-hmm. just remember my clients would come into me and I was, I am the person, I've been the person for years now who people sit down in my presence and they share something. They let the, 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 their secrets come out. And I think it is because just as a hairstylist there, you know, you're like in their space mm. and it's very comfortable. And now as a coach, and it's so relieving for them when they let it out. Number one, that feels better. And then for me to be able to say, that's so normal. You are not mm. alone. And that right there, when they hear that, it is this relief that they have been wanting to hear for so long. And so for any of you out there listening who are feeling like you're the weak link or maybe you should be able to fix yourself, but you can't, 
you are not alone. Like mm-hmm. it is so common. And, um, you know, there is someone there that you can talk to. Joe is a great person mm-hmm. to, you know, set up with, uh, and to be able to share what you're feeling and get the tools that you need mm-hmm. to like improve your life, improve your happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, there are there are ways to stop that cycle. I sort of see it that way, just to, to put a break on it, which is exactly what you were talking about, that low point where you're yeah. like, wow, do I continue in this sort of murky, muddy zone or almost do I take a leap? and do something different and and not continue in that vein. So you, you said that you started having um, coaching. Were there any other things that you started doing in that moment where you realized this was rock bottom for you and something had to change? What, what were the things you implemented, please, Rebecca? Yeah, I set boundaries on my work time. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I don't know what, um, and you'll have to educate me a little bit, but as a physician, I'm not sure what, how much control you have over your schedule. Um, but the biggest thing is that if you can't control your schedule, which not everyone can, I was fortunate enough to say, um, and my biggest struggle with, um, you know, putting boundaries around my schedule was I had business partners that, I worked with and I did not want to let them down either. They were working so hard and I had to say, Hey, listen, I got to bow out early. Like my kids need me. We're going to, you know, we're going to um, sports practice and stuff. And I had to, that's one of the hardest things is setting the boundaries mm. and the guilt that comes along with that. So there's just a lot of emotions that come with burnout and setting the boundaries for yourself. So mm. I set boundaries for my time was the biggest thing. And then, um, gosh, it's the um, thought downloads was the biggest thing for me because your mind, I almost think of like a spinning top. When you get it going so fast, the spinning top, it just keeps going. And that is what our brains do when we're like, working, we're almost so stimulated that we can't shut off. Mm -hmm. And so I would have times that I would sit down, do a thought download and write out like what was going on so I could close out my work day Mm. and then move on. And so the thought downloads, they have been a huge thing for me to to stop the spinning in my brain Mm. and create more like a more uh, directional action after that. So could you help the audience just sort of get an idea um, about, you know, a question you might ask yourself to start doing a thought download? Because it might be a new concept to them. It's maybe a bit like journaling. But what would you, if you, when you were starting doing thought downloads, what helps you get pen on paper when it's like that blank paper that we're looking at and going, how do I start here? <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? Because, you know, we have so many thoughts racing through our brain. What is it? 60,000 thoughts a day, they say, race through our brains. And then when you sit down to do the pen to paper, it's like, I've got nothing. I have nothing in my brain. Um, So I like to ask myself the question, why am I stuck? That's always one for me because when you get into burnout or you get overwhelmed with decisions, it's almost like your brain just locks up and I'm like, I just don't know where to start. So Mm -hmm. I'll ask myself, where am I stuck? Why am I stuck? Um, Sometimes sometimes I'll just say, why do I feel burnt out? And like, it's as simple as that. And what I want to like 
explain is it, it isn't a journal. It's not, it can. And however you get it out, that is perfect. There's not a right or wrong way to do this. But for me, I imagine it like a vent session to my best friend. Mm. You want to get out the garbage. This isn't a pretty journal. It's you don't want others to see this. It's for your eyes only. Mm -hmm. And then we throw it away because it's not your real thoughts. This is like you have your your core person as a human being. And then you have your primitive brain that is just feeding you all kinds of reactive thoughts and opinions and judgment and frustration. That's the stuff you want to get out. And so it, no one else needs to see it, but you do need to release it in some way. And so if you can just write down a few, like even have prompts ready for you to ask, who made me mad today? Why am I so upset? Hmm. Where, you know, what do I wish my day looked like? Hmm. I figure out a few prompts to ask yourself hmm. so that when you do sit down, you can just look at it and you're, when you ask your brain a question, it will find the answers and yeah. just let it out. Sure. I would say, I would concur with all of that that you say there. And I really encourage people to like tune into their feelings. What are their emotions about what they've written it down or oh, yeah. what? what did I think about my day? Okay, how do I feel about my day? Because we know research shows that a wider emotional vocabulary, or we call it emotional granularity, um, helps with well-being as well. So the better sort of your range of emotional words or feelings words that you have, um, the more it can help you in those times of pressure as well. So that is so I've never heard that word before. Um, but that's so genius because I do feel like a lot of people when you say how are you feeling, they'll answer good mm -hmm. or something simple like that. But when you can articulate the actual feeling, yep. what did you call it? Emotional granularity. Emotional granularity. It's by Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, a psychologist. And guess what? We have over three thousand emotional words or feelings words in the English language. Oh, challenge on. I'm going to look at even more words because when you get that right emotion, it's like um, getting that. It's like, it, it's like scratching the itch. You're like, yes, yes that mm. is what it is. Uh-huh. Mm. So I would challenge everyone, make a list of emotions broader than good and bad. Yeah. And start like asking yourself, which one of these do I feel right now? That's mm. a great way to start a download. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Great. So we've got the thought download. We've got the talking to people as well. Um, and that very much sort of self-awareness of checking in on yourself, which doesn't have to happen just at rock bottom. Keep doing that. Keep reflecting. Keep checking in to see where you're going because different things will trigger us and our, um, our like, I guess, vulnerability to to trend towards burnout will change with time. And so being aware of when things are better or worse, can help you institute or um, focus on what you need to focus. And the boundaries you mentioned as well, which is great, sort of people that don't have much autonomy over their schedule, um, that is one of the workplace risk factors for burnout for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know something else that I hmm. find really Tell good? Me. I forgot it that I did this. It's been, I feel like, well, it's been since 2017 when I started all this, but you think about all the little things that make a big difference. And 
when you are in burnout, your brain just sees all the bad, right? It's just like, it's almost in a place of hopelessness. I remember mm-hmm. one of my clients, uh, when I first started working with her, that was her, her word. She said, it just feels hopeless. And I'll never forget the day she said, it feels hopeful. And I was like, yes, we have made a turnaround. But I really focus on counting the wins. Um, if you're only seeing the bad, it's because you're not looking for the good. Mm-hmm. And if you can write down, you know, do, a, um, a, um, if you don't write down the good stuff, or if you don't notice the good things happening, um, then you're only going to see the bad. And so you yeah. want to point out, I mean, the smallest things, like when you mm. are at the grocery and you remember your entire list, sure. high five, you've got to give yourself credit. Mm. And when you start doing that, it gives you those dopamine hits. And Absolutely. then the dopamine hits creates more of that momentum to keep doing more good. And so mm. it really is about turning turning that all around in the tiniest way possible until you can make bigger leaps and bounds if that's possible. Sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Love that um, exercise of celebrating your wins, whether that's on a coaching call, which is how I do start my ones, or whether it's like on the daily for yourself. Another question that can help with that, I find, is write down 10 things you appreciate about yourself. So that might not be wins, but that might be the strengths that you're aware of within yourself. And if you can... um, generate 10 different things per day that you appreciate about yourself pretty soon you'll have a big long list i love it this is so good i'm writing that down because Mm. i'm going to do that with my clients too Mm. yeah great good so so let's i'd love to hear more about the growth you have experienced because you you really uh suggested you wanted to talk about like the benefit of burnout and so how is life different for you now rebecca i don't think we've covered that so far what what is it like living as rebecca blackburn now in 2023 <laughs> compared to how things were was it 2017 or so that you were 2017 yeah, yeah. sure so what's it like mm-hmm. give us an idea Let's see. I would say my, my, um, like the things that we're talking about right now, like how do you get out of burnout? The small things that I started with, I feel like they're all just habits now where before I really had to remind myself to do this and I had to work really hard to find the good and turn things around. And now I would say everything is pretty much a habit. Um, You know, Joe, we talk about those things where it's like it's hard at first and then and then um, it becomes easier as Mm. you practice it. Right. And so I would say for me, the biggest the biggest changes that I've had, it's that I know how to notice the signs. Okay, because here's the thing. If you are a person that's constantly pushing yourself, if you are a high achiever, you are always going to put yourself in the face of danger, Mm -hmm. which your brain thinks is danger, right? Like you're going to push yourself to new levels. It's going to be uncomfortable. You have to recognize the signs that, hey, look, I'm going too far this way. I'm going to need to like pull myself back. So you'll have the situations. You're able to experience the stress, the overwhelm, knowing that you can pull yourself back in. Mm -hmm. You've got the tools. You've got the uh, people in your life to, to help you and guide you. And so for me, I would say I am willing to try hard things, way harder things than I ever thought that I would try back in 2017. I know how to focus more on my family. I would say I have more um, 
support for myself. I used to be pretty, I mean, I still can be hard on myself. I think that's a natural thing for high achievers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, but I do think to appreciate myself, have my own back and to have that confidence that I'll know how to figure it out. And just the relationships that I have with my kids and my mm. husband, mm. they are, they are so, so different than they were back then. The, the stress levels are just, they're just they're just not there like they were, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say one of the coolest things that has been great for not just me, but my businesses, um, we have we have actually brought in coaching to all of our team leads and mm, um, right. our general manager. At, oh, I've got a couple of pet resorts. And it's like to be able to give them this gift of coaching and to be able to help guide them as they grow as leaders, mm-hmm. it just it just passes down to our entire business. But then also for me, the stress is gone because I've set up the people in my life and in my businesses to where they know how to handle it. I don't have to I don't have to carry all their stress anymore sure. either. Right. And so I would say it's taught me how to pass it along to other people. And yeah. listen, this is a great thing for your your listeners and your your clients too, mm. because as they, this is what we tell our leadership team, we're going to give you coaching. And the goal is for you to learn from it, but then we want you to pass it down. Sure. And can you imagine if the physicians that listen to this, that mm. work with you are able to figure themselves out and then pass it down to the people around them, you change the entire culture of the company. Absolutely. Yeah. The ripple effect goes far. Goes the ripple than, effect is amazing. And I and I hear you talking about the ripple effect in your immediate nuclear family as well. And yeah. I think that starts with ourselves, you know, when we start to grow that self-compassion instead of that inner critic and we yes. grow the kindness instead of judgment, then how we show up in our relationships with those near and dear to us um, changes as well. And then, yeah, sure, we can apply that in the workplace too, but um, people people certainly reach out and there's an element of relationship um, coaching yeah. or, or connection with uh, those close to you and certainly yourself that definitely comes up in burnout coaching. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the workplace is really a, a really fun place to see where you can make changes. But when you get your home right and mm-hmm. you feel good in your skin, in your own house, around your own people, yeah, that right there, it may even if work never gets better, but your home is good, right. you can handle anything. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's that place to come back to, and you know we both work majority with women in who we coach, <clears throat> excuse me, and we know that there's sort of that second shift that we have, or maybe even before you get out into work, depending on what time of day your shift is. Like the mornings yeah. can be really hectic and there can be a whole lot of negotiation skills required and timeframes <laughs> to get little people out and so forth. So, so yeah, I agree that um, when there's more sort of gel and jam with your kids and you show up um, with like that sort of honoring and respecting yourself and the sort of either internal self-talk or that might be external as well, sort of in the safety of your household. If your kids are hearing you, I'm going to speak like personally about this, but when my kids have heard me addressing myself um, in a more loving and kind way, we all start to win so much more. Um, Yeah. 
yeah, I just think it is such a great place, not necessarily to start with, but it is a flow on and a ripple effect of coaching, even if it seems about the workplace. For sure. And they, they learn by watching us. That's for sure. sure. do. Yeah. It's uh-huh. a great example to set. Get yourself. Mm. I always say, optimize yourself. You can optimize everything. Mm. Mm. So good. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else that was burning that you want to share before I go towards um, some of our final questions today? Is there anything that you wanted to particularly add? I don't think so. I feel like we've covered a lot, Joe. We have. I actually could sit here all day and talk about this with you. It's great. It's <laughs> you great. You have a cutoff time. We have got stories after stories. So why don't you share, this is a question I ask all of my guests on my podcast, please share a self-care routine that you rarely miss. Oh, this is a good one. And I just started this um, last year, towards the end of the year, the last mm-hmm. quarter probably. I started writing my goal down every single day. I used to, you know, I would set a goal and be like, yeah, that looks good. And, and, uh, you know, you go after it, but also somewhere it's like a new year's resolution somewhere along the way you get a little sidetracked or, you know, maybe it just, you're just not as focused on it. Hmm. And, um, I started writing my schedule down every single day or my, my goal down every single day. Mm-hmm. And it has helped me to connect to not just my goal, but I write my goal down, who I need to become to reach that goal, what things I might need to change, and how is it already true that I am this person. And when you write those down, you connect with your current self and your future self every single day. And why it's so important, you think about how busy we get. I mean, by the end of the day, you've already disconnected a little bit from that because you know you've just been you've been executing and then like you said you go into the second shift where you're like okay now I'm mom and now now it's time for me to shut down and so every morning when you rewrite it you're able to reconnect and step into that person Mm -hmm. and really appreciate the person that you've become Mm -hmm. and so that is something that I've been doing and then the other thing that I do every morning as well is um, it is kind of like a meditation, but a lot of it is for your, which meditation probably is, but it's like for your nervous system. Mm-hmm. I I am um high high energy kind of person anyway, and so I feel like I wake up just ready to go, and I will oftentimes want to just get up and start working, and it just gets your nervous system a little like too fast, too quick. And mm. so I try to start my morning out every every morning with um, some meditation just to start my nervous system out with um, with some love, get it calmed mm. down, get it focused, really pay attention to how I'm feeling. And um, then, then I allow myself to take action with, with a lot of focus versus, um, I call it the difference in high heel energy and roller skate energy. So like the high heel, imagine (laughs) you like put your heels on, you stand Mm -hmm. up tall and you walk with poise, right? Mm So my day, if I start out that way, it's very collected. It's very, um, focused. If I start off with roller skate energy, it's very fast paced, pretty energetic, but it's a little risky. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I get that. What a great analogy. That yeah. describes it to a T. Mm. So I put my high heels on. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Okay. Well, please tell my audience um, 
where they can find you and what you offer to the world as well, please, Rebecca. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, you can find me at RebeccaBlackburnCoaching.com and I coach with women one-on-one. I do three months at a time. I like to create like a three-year plan. Um, For me, that is far enough out to where you can, it's not too far out to where you're like, I cannot imagine my kids will be grown and all these things. It's far enough out to where you can imagine yourself away from what's happening right now. You can imagine yourself feeling a little more freedom, achieving goals and maybe breathing more, right? You can you can imagine a better life and a better business three years out. But then I like to break it down into three month chunks. Mm-hmm. That way it's more doable. Because when we try and do big goals too fast, we almost spread ourselves too thin and we don't actually get what we're wanting out of this, the whole the whole plan. So I like to break it down and really contain our focus on where it's going. And then I take them, you know, they can stay longer than three months. Um, but really what I give them in the three months that we work together is we really pull back and we evaluate what's going on. We create the three-year plan and then we execute. Mm-hmm. And the every three months and even throughout the the time that we're working together, we are constantly evaluating giving ourselves direction and executing. And of course, there's the mindset work that we also do because that is the part that keeps us stuck a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah, sure thing. Sounds great. Okay. Well, Rebecca, I know my audience is going to get heaps out of the wonderful interview that we've had today. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can find you where you hang out on the interwebs there. Have a great rest of your day. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and head on over to my website at drjoebraid.com. There you can download my free guide with 10 tips to take if you're nearing burnout. See you next time.